Wake up, people. Do you see the separation in your life from God? Stand up. Can you see where you are with God? Move forward. Get rid of it. And all those powerful phrases and yelling at you and telling you, reminding you, will do nothing if you don't face the sin yourself. If you don't look at your heart and say, how have I lost the fear of God? That I would make myself higher than him. I wandered so far away from God and I actually achieved and got everything that I wanted. And when I got there, I realized it wasn't any better than where I had started. That my wandering away from God was no better than just being in his presence and being full of wonder. Good evening, big house. Hey guys. I don't think we can say it enough. We are so happy that you are choosing to be here on Wednesday nights. Now, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nolan Baskins. I have the honor and privilege of working at Nazareth Lutheran Church, now going on my fourth year, my first three years um, with an incredible experience in children's ministry, and now getting to serve here at Big House with you guys. So for those of you who are not here last week, Nikki did an incredible job illustrating what the beauty and the awe and the actual wonder of God's creation is really like. The fact that God, without any reference, without tracing a picture or a stencil or copying off of someone else's work, created everything that we see today. But tonight, I'm gonna to talk a little bit more about our inability, inability to not wander from the presence of God. Now, growing up, I went to church a lot. And I mean every chance I could get. I was there Sunday mornings for church school. I was there Wednesday nights for confirmation and youth group. I even joined a bell choir on Tuesday nights with my mom. And I'm going to admit, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and as soon as I was old enough, I was also volunteering for everything. I was volunteering back at Sunday school, back at VBS, doing skits and music. And I spent all my summers at Riverside Lutheran Bible Camp and even at mission trips. And I think I have a great picture of me sleeping on a mission trip. Yeah, I got tuckered out pretty easy. Um, but despite knowing everything I knew about God, despite doing all the right things in my mom's eyes or in my church's eyes, I still wandered. And I wandered as far as I thought it would take to hide myself from the presence of God. Now, high school, guys, was a place for me where I decided right away what I was and who I was in high school was going to define who I was going to be for the rest of my life. So that, that was a lot of weight to carry. And guys, I couldn't have been more wrong about who I needed to be. And I couldn't have been more wrong about the fact that who I was in high school didn't define who I would be today standing before you. And I want to say that again. Who you are and who you choose to be in high school does not have to define who you are for the rest of your life. You do not have to be defined by your experiences, your choices, or your identities in high school. Now, that being said, we had a homecoming week, just the same as you guys. We did all the dress-up days. There was beach day, there was hat day, there was all sorts of days. And my first week, we did superhero day. So, growing up knowing everything I knew, I knew I had to dress up as Jesus Christ for superhero day. He's my favorite superhero. Um, 
And Dan and I were grieving yesterday. I couldn't find the picture. I used to have a great picture of me dressed up. I was in this white robe, big beard, and a staff. Um, that's who I dressed up as. And at lunch, I took a crystal light packet that I bought at the cafeteria and a bottle of water, and I turned water into wine in front of my friends in the lunchroom. <laughs> and then I had one of those big, like you would see at a daycare-sized boxes of goldfish crackers, and I shoved it in my backpack, and then I went to the lunch line, I bought one of the little, like, 100-calorie bags of goldfish and pretended that I could feed the entire lunchroom off of that, them not knowing that I had another supply in my backpack to make it look like I could truly feed the 5,000. Now, a few of my friends from mission trips and from youth group, they were amused, they thought it was fun, and they understood my references. But the more I looked around at my classmates and the upperclassmen, I didn't think anybody really cared. And me being who I am and caring a lot about what other people think, for better or for worse, I decided right there that nobody cared in high school if I followed Jesus. Now, this was a false narrative that I had written. I decided they didn't care that I went to church, they didn't care about my WWJD bracelet, and they certainly didn't care about my pick Jesus guitar pick necklace that I wore around my neck every day. So in that moment, in my mind, I decided, Nolan, to be cool, to be important and significant in high school, I gotta get a job, I gotta make that money, I gotta get a girlfriend, and I gotta get invited to those parties where everybody was drinking and doing the wrong things. And so that's exactly what I did. I went and I got a job as a lifeguard and at Hy-Vee where I made pretty good money for a high schooler. Um, and through that, I was able to get a girlfriend who I thought was the right person for me, who I thought liked me and loved me for who I was. But looking back, I realized it couldn't have been more surface level. And then I got mixed in with a group of kids who were in all the same activities as me. They did bowling, they did tennis, they did show choir. But we were all too cool for everything we were in and we had to make sure everyone knew that. So we would leave rehearsals, we'd leave um, performances and meets, and we'd go home and we'd go back to their house and we'd drink. And I thought it made me happy. I had started wandering through a maze of what society had told me would make me happy, or at least what I thought society was telling me. But it was never enough. I was only happy for a moment. I always wanted a better version of the last party I was at, or I wanted my I wanted my girlfriend to come to more of my events or to be there for me more. And then I even wanted more money and a better position at the pool, at IV. At 17, I was already obsessed with my status, my status at work, at school with my friends, and my status with my relationship and my girlfriend. These things consumed me. And the further I wandered from God, the less I seemed to care about my status with him. Now, thankfully, guys, I'm not the first person to experience the wonder of God and to wander from his presence. In the book of Exodus, we read about the Israelites, guys. God's people, our people, enslaved in Egypt. They were enslaved by the Pharaoh for years. They couldn't raise sons, um, being the reason that Moses was shipped in a basket down the river. And this same baby that was tucked away in a basket and sent down the river was used by God in incredible and unfathomable ways to lead these um, Israelites out of Egypt. Through that, God brought the 10 plagues. And for those of you who have not heard the 10 plagues before, they're kind of insane. Um, and they would include water, rain, the river, all being turned to blood, invasive frogs and gnats and flies, the death of their livestock, sores over their skin, damaging hail, swarms of locusts, suffocating darkness, and even the death of firstborn children. 
Now these things today, while still crippling us, may not be as applicable. So to think about it, to think about plagues in our lives, think about um, maybe all cars being gone, we gotta walk everywhere again, or losing internet and not being able to be connected to all those people that you've met and gone before. For me, it would be spiders, like a, a wave of spiders crawling over me. That would be my plague. I would lose it. Um, now, despite knowing all this, guys, despite being in the wonder and the fear of everything that God is capable of, the Israelites, they wandered. And they wandered out in the desert, away from God's presence, out of his good grace. Um, so, uh, we're going to pull up Exodus chapter 32, um, and I'm going to read you guys a few verses here. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed it to it. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Now, guys, the Israelites saw God in a way that we could not imagine. They saw what the wrath of God looked like. They didn't have to experience the wrath. They were on the right side of God. Now, despite knowing this, they chose to wander away from his presence. So my question is, if the Israelites knew this, if the Israelites had experienced these great plagues, why would they wander? Why would they wander from the wonder of God that they had known? Why would they put themselves in a position that would probably even be worse than Egypt to be on the wrong side of God? Because we're sinful and we're broken people. So why did I, after experiencing God in church, in my relationship with Jesus, in the fun, incredible ways that I knew it, why would I wander and hide myself from his presence? Because the temptation and the action of sin cause us to wander. They cause us to leave God's presence. Now, like Nikki said before, we live in a beautiful world created by our Father in heaven. Everything in this world was created perfectly with a purpose and obeys God's will, just like that song we listened to last week, So Will I. Now, in the very first stories of the Bible, in Genesis, we read about creation. We read about the process that God took into creating everything before us and then us as well. And then it's immediately followed by such a heartbreaking story of Adam and Eve making a mistake. So now up, we have Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And I want you guys to listen closely to how quickly they were able to disobey God, how quickly someone was able to convince them that their creator wasn't as good as they thought. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of, eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was there with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves loincloths. Now, guys, these are the very important two verses that I want you to listen to and really take in. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves. Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, the garden that he created. But the Lord God called to the man, and he said to him, Where are you? Adam and Eve were living in the first creation of God, the Garden of Eden where everything was perfect and created new. And a serpent so quickly was able to come and tempt them and to trick them into thinking that eating of the fruit to become and what his definition of wise was would make them closer and more godlike, when in reality, it was separating them even further from God to sin and to be broken is to separate us from God and from his presence. They were the first to wander from his view. They were the first to realize that when they sin and when they run from God, they've only made their situation worse. They've only separated themselves from the person who cares and loves about them the most. So we fear. We fear the power of God and awe of all he's capable of and the way he brought the plagues. But we don't fear the way God feels toward us. We don't fear if he likes us or if he loves us or if he's going to be there for us. Because God is the father that each and every one of us deserves. When we get hurt, when we sin, when we fall down and break down and we just can't go any further, God's the one who wants us there. He wants us to be drawing even closer to him and he chases. He chases after each and every one of us. Not because he has to, not because he wants to, but because he loves us and he needs to. He needs to be with his creation, with his sons and his daughters. So we don't have to live in fear of what we've done or what we haven't done. Because I know that Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for that. Our Savior Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for us to hide in the shadows of a broken world. He actually died on the cross for us to be in the awesome wonder of God's grace, to sit in the wonder of his grace. Now, I want to make sure you know, sitting in the wonder of God's grace is not boring. It's not sitting in a chair or in a field in silence, wishing you were doing something else. To sit in God's grace is the greatest feeling any human being could experience. To know that someone has seen every mistake you've ever made, knows why you made it, knows your motives, and to look you in the eye and say, I love you, I forgive you, and I still want to be with you. That is the wonder of God's grace. So as I invite the band back up, I wanna remind you guys of how I wandered. And I wandered as far as I thought it would take to hide myself from God. 
But when I got there, I realized I'd never felt more scared and more alone. Those parties didn't make me feel good. My status at work didn't make me feel good. I ached to be back in that wonder of God's presence that I had known in the time of my childhood where I was spending it at church and at camps. To be without fear of what our life is without God, we're driven to wander to where we think God can't see our sin. And God doesn't call us to run from him when we sin. He doesn't want us to hide in the shadows of a broken world. So from Adam and Eve to the Israelites and to me, we've all experienced the wonder of God and still chosen to wander from him. But we're not alone. It's not just me and it's not just you. It's all of us who struggle with the weight and the temptation of sin in our lives. So how do we stay close to God? How do we draw ourselves near to him? I like to think of it like a movie I vaguely remember watching through the cracks in my eyes as a kid. It's called Poltergeist. And in a scene, a man ties a rope around his waist and then to the bedpost so that when he walks into this like other dimension, he won't be lost. He can pull his way back in. His family can pull him back in to where he knows he's safe. So I like to picture myself as that man. God is my bedpost. This weird dimension thing is our sinful, broken world. And that rope is my relationship with him. Now, when I wandered the first time, guys, I didn't think about my bedpost. I didn't think about my rope. And I left God's presence without a strong relationship with him. And what happened is I got further and further into darkness where I didn't think I could ever get back. So thankfully, I have friends, and I have pictures of them. They're incredible people. This is us at Riverside Bible Camp. This is called the Fast Supper because it was McDonald's. And if you know your Bible stories, my friend in the middle, David, dibs to Judas. So he dipped. Um, so that was us. These are guys who, at my lowest point in life, um, just out of my freshman year of college, chose to invite me to a summer at Riverside Bible Camp on staff, chose to love me and meet me where I was at, to not judge me for the mistakes I was making, but to encourage me to walk a better path. They threw me a rope and a lifeline to draw me back. This was my saving grace. And now I get to work here at Nazareth Lutheran Church and at Orchard with amazing people. So with that, I want to leave you guys a couple questions to ponder, to think about um, through these next songs, or if you want to take them home to your friends and family. Um, here they are. The first being, what has God done in your life that has left you in awe or wonder or fear of him? The second, what sin is continually causing you to wander from his presence? And lastly, how is your relationship with God keeping you from losing sight of him? Let's pray. God, we love you. We love to be in the wonder of your creation, to be in the wonder of your good grace. But God, you know us. You know that we're broken, that we're imperfect, that we're sinful people, and that we wander and we wander and we wander as far as we can to think that we're hiding our sin from you, God, to hide our brokenness, when in reality, you only want to be closer to us. So God, I ask for us tonight that we continue to build our relationships, to tie our ropes to you, God, that we don't wander from your presence because we know that that's the darkest and the scariest and the loneliest place we can be in this life, God. But to be in your presence is wonderful.
So God, I ask that you continue to show us the wonder of your grace and of your creation. Amen. Amen. We invite you to uh, stand if you feel called.